Hey everybody, welcome to the Bloody Awesome Movie Spoiler Episode Podcast. Uh, this is We're going to be talking uh, complete spoilers of A Quiet Place 2. Um, I'm John Burke, and with me from across the pond is Matt Hudson. How are you doing, Joe? And we are here to spoil the crap out of A Quiet Place Part 2. Yes. Um, so you've been warned right away. Uh, we are going to jump right into that. So, um, Matt, I'm going to start, man. Uh one of my, my biggest issues with the film, as much as I enjoyed it, is the scene with the boats. Right, go on. So we have Cillian Murphy and Millicent Simmons characters uh, trying yeah. to steal a boat, and they are uh, hijacked, accosted. essentially, accosted by a bunch of humans. Mm-hmm. Now, when we first see the little girl, she looks up, and her skin appears to be messed up. And a few of the other humans' skin also looks messed up. I don't understand what that's supposed to symbolize, or if that is an implication of something that we're supposed to know about. There is a little bit of a reference earlier where it could mean that like people are maybe infected with something, maybe mm-hmm. a side effect of the, the invasion. But nothing is ever really clarified or given, and I don't feel like it's common enough knowledge, but clearly, intentionally, noticeably different skin um to everyone else we've encountered that i don't know what we're supposed to get like are they is that like a sign that they're cannibals like i i didn't fully understand what the the goal of the humans was in that moment yeah no i i agree when i first saw the little girl when she put her head up when she looked up and uh and emma killian murphy's character is has the noose thrown around his neck she looked like a character from uh, wreck the spanish horror film like the little girl was possessed in that or right. from like dawn of the Dead. yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, the snyder one at the beginning um it, it, she looked you know infected by it was something and then the uh the feral humans surrounding her one of them was scoop mcnary they they mm. looked like they were the, not the not from the tv show but they looked like almost like the walking dead kind of you know uh-huh. like they were kind of dead behind the eyes and that was a very strange um choice and yet yeah, maybe it will be explained that they were perfectly fine as such but they you know they had some side effects from the you know from the invasion from the devastation that came from the sky um maybe maybe, maybe something got in, into them and made them ill i don't know i hope they don't go down the infected route because i think that's a, a plot that they don't do not need to add into a third film um and for those who listen to the main show you know we both really quite enjoyed this film so but yes as with most things there are the issues i mentioned that noah jupe's character annoyed me and you've it quite seconded, well, yeah yeah succinctly said that they kind of reg- regressed his character and that's part of the reason as well that's part of the reason why i was annoyed he felt he felt like a you know a tertiary character of that almost and i don't mind other characters coming to the fore but it did feel like krasinski and and co didn't really know what to do with him so they just made him a kind of wailing idiot who for some inexplicable reason to me left the safe confines of the um the bunker to go up and explore this warehouse that they were in and then obviously finds the the corpse of Emmett's wife makes noise alerts the creatures to the their location of course emily blunt's on her way of the oxygen and it causes that drama but 
they you know he, his character kind of regressed and he wasn't the you know the the best um in this film but i did like the i did like the fact that the the, the characters were split up and it felt and it did it didn't feel forced to me it felt you know right in the, in the, in the world that they are living in I didn't kind of feel like, oh, here we go. They're they're splitting them up, you know. Got to create new, new subplots and bring new people in. I felt, you know, the, the characters that they brought in, like Killian Murphy's character, were integrated very. The Jimon Hudensu, on the other hand, you know, just Mister Nameless, Mister, you know, come on yeah. in for a five minute cameo. But I think, people, like Killian Murphy's character, I think, was a great, great character to introduce. Yeah, agreed. I really liked him a lot. Um and the same, like, we do like the movie. I think spoilers, we get to kind of, a lot of our nitpicks are going to be spoiler-ish because yes. of when they happen and whatnot. And that's just why it comes off like we didn't like it if you only heard this. Um, but I agree with the the dupe thing and also, like, him exploring. If, if you send a character exploring, I expect him to discover something that was revealing about Emmett. Maybe we shouldn't trust Emmett. Maybe he's he's actually a villain. And that's not at all. It's just like, oh, he didn't bury his wife. Well, because he probably would have died trying to bury his wife in a world where sound is an enemy, right? Like, okay. so there's nothing like it's scary. It's troublesome that the wife is still up there. Um, but it's also like, it's not, there's no reveal or anything. So the exploration leads to nothing except for stupid drama. And that's yeah. why it's upsetting because it's there like, is a lot more sound gonna, in this film. I found there, yeah, a lot more, um, especially again from Noah Jupe's character who just does not seem to remember the rules of his world, <laughs> which I want to use that for a segue is, is the rules of the monsters. Okay. In the first film, I assume that they are hunting to eat, mm-hmm. right? Like that the, the creatures hunt by sound and yep. something hunts to kill and eat. Yeah. This movie made me question what the point of the monsters are because in the opening sequence yeah. and in the latter on the island sequence, we see the monster just killing. Wreck shop. Just destroying everything and it doesn't seem to have a motivation. I think mm-hmm. we do see it start to eat one person at the in the restaurant, but for the most part, it's just like running wild, killing as much as it can. And that's not how animals hunt. Right. Mm-hmm. And the implication is that this thing is instinctual, that it is not it doesn't appear to have like a, a goal of like domination. It just seems to be like an apex predator and we are the prey and it hunts with noise. And so the this movie makes me start to question if that was true. And that is problematic um, because that's that's a that's always a concern when you start stretching the boundaries of your property. You know, mm-hmm. we were tied to the one farm and the one group. So the rules were very constrained and confined, yeah. but they made sense on a large scale. But now that we see the large scale, you can tell that they're like, well, we need more. And that's the other thing too, is like, there's a lot of these things like way more than we would have anticipated based on the big of the first movie. Like there was an implication. We don't know how many, but he had a good idea. And now it's like every five seconds, there's another one. It seemed like in this movie. And uh, they also don't appear to simply be hunting because like, think of the stalking sequences in the first movie, like when it's going through the house, very quiet, methodical yeah. listening. This, the scene where it's like climbing on the, the rails of like the, the warehouse that they're in. Mm-hmm. It's not, what is it doing? Cause there's no way it can hear anything but itself. It's making they so much noise. A lot less blind as well. I also thought that it seemed like they could see a little bit compared mm-hmm. to like, no, they only could hear. Yeah. Um, 
And so there's there's some little things like that where you can tell that they had to stretch the initial boundaries of the the creatures to make it work for a expanded story. And that's always a problem because like I think if you once you set rules for your your mythos, you have to maintain them because otherwise it starts to become muddy of what what can we expect, you know, and you see that in a lot of horror f- sequels, right? Where like mm-hmm. Freddy can only attack in a dream unless he figures out how to get out of the dream. And it's like, no, yeah. that's that's not the whole point of it is yep. like he can only get me when I'm sleeping, you know. Um, so, yeah, uh, little things like that are always going to get nitpicked. Um, I think that for the most part, they're not detrimental, but they're alarming no. because if they are making a third movie, how much further are they going to stretch those boundaries, you know? Yeah, I, th- I thought the opening sequence was very good as well, considering right, that yeah. we knew who lives and who dies out of our main cast. I thought it was great. Um, as for the third film, I thought I thought what they were, were going to do in this film, uh, and I also I, I said on the main episode that I I wanted Krasinski to take a few more risks, and I also felt like this felt the this second film felt uh, yeah in, in part it's like a big just a bigger version of the first film. We step outside too much of the established way. What I thought was going to happen would have actually been a massive play on the first film. Now, I thought they were going to, in the first film, I thought they were going to have uh, Lee, uh, John Krasinski's character, die, who he, which he did, the father. I thought in the second, this film, I thought they were going to have Emily Blunt's character die in the film, mm. which then led in the third film, it's the key, uh, Millicent would become the main character in the third film, and it's about the kids. So the, the first, it's like the, the father, the mother, and the kids all have their own films and their own moments, but didn't happen in this film so you know it doesn't mean that you can't have a big send-off in the third film we still can but i thought in my head that that's where they were going to go but it would have been a big play on what happened in the first film obviously with uh and it could have also been i wouldn't say detrimental to the first film but that moment where krasinski you know saves himself for his kids i wouldn't want to see that rehab played out again just for um emotional resonance you know it worked so well in that first film i don't want to keep seeing it but i did think that's where they were going to go um other than that i mean there's nothing really that i didn't dislike a lot of it is what i what i did like and i said the the opening sequence i thought was great and like you said that one shotter was marvelous and a lot of my fears about the film being too big and too uh, action based were based on the trailer which took a lot of its inspiration from that opening sequence. A lot of it was in that. And I thought, and that's where I thought, oh no, it's going to be a lot of, a lot of car chases, a lot of action, a lot of uh, crash bang wallet. But nope, that was a flashback. We kind of get to see where the creatures came from. You know, they are extraterrestrial, if you will. They came from outer space, I guess. Um, yeah. So we're getting more of an answer to that. But no, I. I, I, I really liked it. And I liked the ambiguity that Cillian Murphy's character brought. This film did feel more like a, more like a straight up horror film than the first one. I think in terms of how they, certain moments that happen like with Cillian Murphy and the feral people, like the way he gets out of that. And it felt more, just, you know, it felt more of a standard horror film. Whereas the first film felt more like a horror experience, but I wouldn't, that's in no way, shape or form it to be a negative because I think this film stands on its own just as well. And I can't wait to revisit both films in a year or so's time and see how they play together. Yeah. Now the one thing um, to wrap up, I guess uh, I thought um, the ending was very powerful of having uh, we cross cutting between silly Murphy and Millicent Simmons characters and Noah Jupe and Emily Blunt's characters. And in both of the scenarios, the kid 
has to save the world. If you want to look at it big stakes wise, right? Like in, in a way, if you're facing a pandemic, if you're facing a, you know, global warming, if you're facing a world ending event, it's up to the kids to step up and save us. Like that's the way I took it. And as a teacher, that always works for me. I love the idea that the youth is our future. The youth is the only way that we can fix the problems of our current situation is that the youth must be educated and guided and trained in such a way that they can rise to the occasion. And both those characters do that. And for me was very cathartic. And I think a perfect way to end the franchise. I think you end it there. We have hope. They are our hope. And we don't need to see, because to me, if, if her tactic of planning her, her heads, her earpiece, what's the right term? Um, yeah, it's, it's a hearing aid. Conal implants. Hearing aid, but there's uh, the conal hearing, whatever. Yeah. Putting that and causing the feedback, at least in that surrounding area, the next movie would just be them killing the monsters, right? Like, it's mm-hmm. not a horror movie anymore. And if they're going to shift yeah. that direction, cool. But also, I don't need that. Like, I'm content with just assuming that's what happens. We have won. That was what we needed. We needed this thing to happen. The kids did it. She fought through all of the things, her disability. She fought through um, the, the doubt, the fear, all of it. And same Lost. Noah Jupe was terrified, terrified. I can't do this alone. I can't do this alone. The second his mom got hurt, he said, oh, man, I'm in this. I got this. You're Nobody hurts yeah. my mama, you know? Stepped Boom. up. Yeah, and I think that's a great ending to the series. I know it's probably not going to be the ending to the series, uh, mm-hmm. but I, I do like that, the idea that the kids step up. And that was, that's my other fear, is that we saw Noah Jupe's character get pushed back to have to go through the same arc of you can do it. You can be braver than you were Um, that. Are they going to do that again? If we get a third movie, are they going to be regressed and they're going to like have to step up again? Um, This is it. Or are they going to go too big, introduce more and go kind of like the purge anarchy where we start to see uh, the more of the, you know, more of where they are based and how other people are dealing with it. And because Emily Blunt said, you know, my hubby, John Krasinski, he's, he's, he's got an idea for the third film. And even when this film makes big bucks, you know, you know, Paramount are going to be, and Platinum Dooms are going to say, yep, make your trilogy because we've said on the band many times, you know, it's cool. It's sexy to have a trilogy of films. You can't just have two, you've got to have three, even if the third film can disappoint because, you know, it's stretching out a uh, story. which didn't need to be. And I'm with you on that one, my friend, I do fear what they could do, but so far, Krasinski and co are two for two in this uh, in their own story here. So, uh, last one for me. What did you think about the um, uh, Beyond the Sea? Use, the use of the song as a message. Yeah, um, I liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it worked. Uh, I mean, I don't know that I would have put that together um, the way she did, but you know. It made sense. And she knew a lot about like the radio transmissions and that they did set that up in the first movie, I thought. Um, so yeah, you know, I was fine with it. Yep. In that case, if John's fine with it, then we should all be fine with it. John is the, uh, he's a statesman <laughs> to my Kingsman. So therefore he is the authority, but yeah, I think that wraps it up. Then unless you've got anything else you want to chuck in there, man. I, I think that's good. I mean, there's a, a couple other little nitpicks, but nothing that I feel like we need to spend any time on. Those were my big things that I like stood out to me as, worth discussing yeah and again we both really enjoyed it i was about to say the exact same thing we both really liked this movie it's just this i feel like the spoiler talk is time to what were my issues (laughs) um 
uh, again, because uh, so much is good. Like I do, I love that whole opening sequence, and it just proves how great John Krasinski is and how watchable he is. Because I'm instantly excited that he was in the movie, and that's where that one shot that I mentioned in the the regular episode is. Like that whole sequence, there's a a moment, a long moment where it's just all one take, and I just thought it was great. Yeah, yeah. I also, we haven't mentioned it on either episode, but I think Emily Blunt was also very good. So that's my final thought. Same. So that's it for this uh, spoiler episode of A Quiet Place Part 2. We'll be back on our regular episode uh, with our review of Conjuring The Devil Made Me Do It because the devil's making us watch it. I don't know. It's such a bad title. Um, But we'll be back uh, with our regular episode later in the week. Thanks for listening and keep watching movies. Stay bloody awesome. Blood, 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 blood,